Hey folks, make sure to stay up to date on all the latest episodes by following us at Get Wrecked Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Or if you have any recommendations you'd like to hear us review on the show, you can contact us directly via email. Or, I don't know, maybe you just want to send us some feet pics. You creep, I don't know what you're into. I don't care. We'll review those too. What do you think of that, huh? In any case, all your requests, feedback, and general criticism of the straight white patriarchy can be sent to getrectpod at gmail.com. That's G-I-T-R-E-C-D-P-O-D at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Recording. Okay, okay, so I have something for you guys, and I want you to experience it on this recording. Okay. okay. So that we can we can get this experience. Okay. So I'm going to go get it real quick. All right. This is interesting. I'm not sure what to expect. Micah has given us no ideas of what is about to happen. And, and also, he already went up once and then came back down. And when he came back down, he was wearing a mask. And now the mask is over his face, like a like a COVID-type mask. Oh, it's some kind of food. Okay. I, they're grapes. It appears to yeah. be they, for... They look like normal green... Yellow colored grapes yeah just seedless grapes so i took the mask up because as you can hear something is going on with my throat mm-hmm. i didn't want any of that to be on your food oh that's appreciated okay. oh yeah. okay cool so so that's all it's not toxic uh i have grapes for myself but i just i wanted i'd you... be a lot more comfortable if you ate one first <laughs> and actually if you switched plates with me and then ate one of mine <laughs> yeah we're just gonna share your grapes <laughs> So, so yeah, these are grapes, okay? They sure are. Yeah. Um, so, Thor, you might have to edit this part out. In fact, please edit us chewing out. I cannot but, stand hearing okay. people chew. So cool. I so, definitely will. So let's try a grape. All right? I'm offering you grapes. I'll okay. go first. I was expecting alcohol, and it wasn't alcohol. So, <laughs> so, so I was like, oh, did he give me some, grape, some grapes with booze injected? Uh-huh. I was like, okay. It's a grape, but it's got different flavor, right? It's got something unique about it. A little bit. Yeah, it's sweet. Uh huh. What if I? What if I? Is put... it like? Hold on. Okay. Let All me right. try one more. All right. Let me try one more. Does cyanide taste sweet? Okay. Here you go. Now you've got one last grape. Cotton candy. Try it again. I can kind of taste it. Did yeah. you fucking know cotton candy grapes were a thing? <laughs> I did not. That's literally what these are called. Yeah. It's cotton candy grapes. You can buy them at your local grocery store. What do they put in them to make them cotton candy? They just grow them. What kind of dark wizardry (laughs) is this? These are literally the exact same questions that I was asking. Apparently, we are way behind the game because my students said, Mr. Henderson, have you ever had cotton candy grapes? I'm like, what is that? Like, you mean like, is it a grape? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, but cotton candy, what are you talking about? They're like, it tastes like cotton candy. I'm like, you're telling me that there's a grape <laughs> that tastes like cotton candy. I said, yes. I was like, where do you get this? Like an actual grape? I said, yes. <laughs> I was like, what mountain do I have to travel? <laughs> what wizard do I have to trade yeah. three ram's horns to exactly. in order to get this? Exactly. There's a shaman somewhere who's casting something. <laughs> Right? You, you have to murder a clown and sprinkle its ashes over a vineyard yeah. to get these grapes. <laughs> these are cotton candy flavored grapes, and I've never had them. And actually, my wife was a little bit sick, and I thought, "Have you? did you know that cotton candy grapes were a thing? I sent her a text. 
And she says, yes. Like, you didn't tell me? That hot candy <laughs> she just grapes? Said, like, yeah, everybody knows everybody, that dumbass. Literally, dumb that's ass. how it was. And, and so the next, like, the next class that came in, I was like, who here has heard of cotton candy grapes? Show of hands. Everybody's hand went up. Every single person. I had no idea. That's funny. Yeah, I've, yeah, see, I've seen them in the store. I've never tasted them before. But the moment it hit my lips, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, these. <laughs> so, like, when I when I went to go get them, um, because I had to try it. Sure. And and I was like, I got to try these with Ashley. So I go to um, to the store, and there's this guy doing uh, – one of the employees is doing, like, a, a pickup order. So he's just going and getting stuff. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm really sorry to bother you. You're busy. I said, I just looked at him. And I just kind of raised my arms up, and I'm like, cotton candy grapes? And he just looks at me, snaps his finger, points at me, and he goes, oh, yeah, they're good. (laughs) 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 And he leads me to them. (laughs) Oh, yeah, they're good. And I'm like, why does everybody know about this? So, yeah, I got them, uh, tried them with Ashley, and my immediate thought was, Thor has to try this. And and since you're showing up, on, or since you're with us, Zach, I was like, and Zach's going to be here? Zach's got to try it. It's like, this is perfect. And Ashley, the person who she is, is like, I'm sure that Thor knows about cotton candy grapes. And I thought, probably you do, because I seem to be the only person in the <laughs> who doesn't know about cotton candy grapes. I was like, you, have, you text Kendra. Ask Kendra. And she's like, he has to know. Because Kendra is his wife. <laughs> the sheer fact that Kendra is your wife made Ashley certain that you knew. I don't recall ever hearing about that. So, But I, I get why she would think that because a cotton candy grape, that is like very on brand for my wife. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. And, and so she sends Kendra a text and evidently Kendra didn't know and said that you didn't know. And when Ashley told me that from like across the house, I was like, you better tell her not to fucking tell Thor about (laughs) (laughs) don't spoil the surprise. So, so I'm going to give you some so that you can take home to Kendra because I feel like she's got to try them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, I gotta be honest. They were fine, but you ain't beating a fucking red grape. Come on. Like honestly. (laughs) And here's the thing. These cotton candy grapes, they're like a yellow or green grape, whatever you call them. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't fucks with them kind of grapes. <laughs> I'm red grapes all day. If I see a grape that's any kind of shade that's not red or purple, take a fucking hike. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Oh. So cotton candy grapes, I had to look it up. Sure. I was curious. So it is a hybrid grape that was created in a laboratory. Of course. Between uh, grapes and the cotton candy plant. Exactly. No, it's like I said, they murdered a clown and dusted his ashes over a vineyard. No, it's a hybrid between two different grape species. That's how they got that flavor. And the the guy who created it, one of the scientists, he was like, we already have other varieties that taste like strawberry, pineapple, or mango. What? Just yeah. eat a strawberry or pineapple or mango. <laughs> uh, anyway, I had I had it, and I was like, I got to try it. I got to give it to you guys. That is interesting. That's a, that was a fun extra wreck. Yeah, I wanted your I like raw it. reaction there. I didn't want to tell you what it was. I just wanted to you know, see what you thought about it. I'll tell you. I'll give it. I'll give it a seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. All right. All right. What about you, Zach? I'd give it an eight out of ten. California raisins. That's not too bad. <laughs> That's not too bad. Also, I'd be curious to try a wine made out of cotton candy grapes. Oh, I have heard of cotton candy wines. 
So oh, I really? wonder if they make that with cotton candy grapes. Oh, might be the or, case. Or if they just add, you know, a flavored Flavoring sugar to the wine. Cheating fucks. <laughs> <laughs> They're just honest vintners trying to trying to make a buck, man. You lazy fucking assholes. <laughs> all, you, all you did was squirt some juice into it, some cotton candy juice. Even though you didn't specifically say something like derogatory towards Italians, I felt like that. <laughs> I felt like that's what that was. <laughs> you lazy winemaker. <laughs> I apologize to the French and the Italians. <laughs> Hey folks, and welcome back to another episode of Get Wrecked, the only podcast anywhere in the world where two buds take turns recommending and reviewing some of their favorite pop culture hits, hidden gems, and oddities. I'm of course your host and resident silly boy Thor, joined today, as always, by my friend and co-host. He's a paladin in the streets, a dark wizard in the sheets. <laughs> it's Micah. <laughs> You're getting really good at that intro. It's very like Dan Ratherish. Yeah, like I hear it in my. I wake up saying it. So it's like, <laughs> in my brain. Like I'll wake up in the morning and I'll be like, "Good morning and welcome to another." Like in my brain. <laughs> Time for some coffee. It's for- brought to you by Maxwell House. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, we have a guest. In case you can't figure it out, we do. We have a very special guest. Of course, uh, our friend from the Comics That We Love podcast, our good buddy, Zach McCrary. Welcome, Zach. Hola. Yeah, man. Glad to have you on. Sorry that we had Zach just waved to you all. You guys can't see it. You can only hear Zach, but he just waved to you all. So, you know. (laughs) There. Now you know that I waved. Whoosh. Whoosh. Yeah. Yeah. So, glad to have you on after the weird snafu of our last attempt um, oh man! Yeah, because because you were going to be on uh, what episode? The was? Christmas. Holiday. Oh yeah, yeah. The we were we episode. were literally right. watching that god awful Star Wars Christmas special. <clears throat> do, so, do you want to give it a rating real quick? Oh, since um, I mean, since you did watch it, you could give us you know, I'm going to give two it, cents type of thing. I'll give it a point five, and that's only because it gave us the introduction to Boba Fett. <laughs> That's fair. That's, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Boba gets it a point five. Yeah, I feel so bad for Zach because. Like, we got to get on the podcast and, like, joke and laugh about the experience. But Zach watched it, had an emergency, had to leave, and then just had to live with having watched it yeah. and didn't even get to give his two cents on how bad it was. I forgot how terrible it really was. Yeah. it's It was just a hot mess. It was. It was. Um, and my grandpa was fucking horrifying, and the little kid was annoying as shit. I don't remember what their names are. The Wookiee like family. Scratchy and Lumpy, wasn't Scratchy it? Scratchy and Lumpy. Yeah, there we go. You yeah. know. How could you forget Scratchy, oh, Scratchy and Lumpy? And Lumpy. Very Wookiee <laughs> names. Super Wookiee. Yeah. Dan brought up an interesting point. He said, you know what I think that they did? They thought, okay, Chewy, that's his name. Oh. And then, so, we got Itchy and Lumpy. Chewy, Itchy, Lumpy. Or, yeah, Itchy. Was it Scratchy? I don't remember. I think I'm just thinking Itchy and Scratchy now. Itchy and Simpsons. Scratchy. Yeah. It was definitely itchy and lumpy. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Chewy's um, wife, Titty. Titty, yeah. And why did she, why did she have a, like more of a normal? I could actually see a Wookiee being named Mala in sure in Star Wars canon. Why did she get a standard Star Wars? You could have just made it Molly. 
Right. And then it would have been on theme with the rest of it. You guys are idiots, whoever made that Star Wars special. (laughs) I mean, that's 100% true. (laughs) Anyway, um, Zach referred to this too as a hot mess. Mm. What we're going to cover also is probably a hot mess to many. Ooh, I disagree. You disagree? This is an intricately planned mess. That, okay, yeah, you're, you're probably right. We're going to talk about some Doki Doki Literature Club. And, oh, uh, oh boy, Doki and, Doki Literature Club. Yeah, and we've got a story to tell. This has probably been one of the strangest experiences that we've had to encounter in preparation for this episode mm-hmm. or this show in general. So unlike last, uh, unlike any other recording that we've done, Thor and I listen, watch, read, whatever, these topics independently, and then we get together and talk about it on the show. Uh, we make sure not to talk about things ahead of time because we want our conversations to be sincere. So instead, this time, we all got together as a group and played Doki Doki Literature Club, mainly because I think it's best viewed as a group. Doki Doki is an experience, and, and it's one of those experiences where once someone has forced you to do it, you now want to force someone else to do it so you can watch them react to it. Absolutely. And that's what happened to you. So mm-hmm. our buddy Brinker showed you, and then you're like, hey, Micah, you have to play yeah, it. And then Brinker and I watched you play it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so McCrary was like, hey, if Thor hasn't done Doki Doki, we should definitely do that. And I thought that was a great idea. So we all, like Brinker, then myself, and McCrary, and then our other friend Alpo, all sat down. And Alpo hadn't played it either. Yeah. And, and we actually experienced this together as a group. And folks, before we go any further, honestly, if you kind of know what Doki Doki Literature Club is already, uh, you're probably kind of aware what happens. But like this one is a big spoiler alert if you have any interest in this and you don't really know what the spoiler is at the end. Definitely play it before you listen to this because I would say Doki Doki is similar to like The Sixth Sense in that it is all about the spoiler that comes. It's all about the kind of turn that it takes. So just fair warning, yeah. we're gonna get into it. I would agree with that. If you if you if you're listening to this episode and you even have a passing interest in playing it, you should play it before you listen to this episode. Yeah. And just quick it's a Japanese dating simulator. And it's free. You can get it on Steam for free. Yeah. You can and you can if you are a, if you get it and want to complete it, you can do it in like uh, nine, ten hours. Yeah, something like that. Definitely, yeah. and you'll only be cursed for like a week. Yeah, at least maybe two, maybe two. Yeah, probably closer to two. Yeah. yeah. So now you've been warned. Now we're just gonna <laughs> talk about it. Now we're just gonna talk about it. Um. So we have actually had to take a little bit of a break in recording because. Immediately, and I mean immediately after getting the first playthrough done of Doki Doki, Thor gets violently ill. Violently ill. He, he starts shaking. Uh, well, actually, Thor, go ahead and describe your symptoms for us. What happened? Sicker than I've ever been in my life. I'm not a sick person. I don't get sick. Or if I do, it'll be for like a day or two. And then I shake it off pretty quick. I have never been so sick and once again folks we'll get to what the turn is but there is this part where the game turns and something really dark happens and basically we had spent about six hours staring at a screen you know playing this video game essentially and so i thought oh i'm just getting a little bit like lightheaded and feeling weird just because i've been staring at a screen then i stood up 
to go to the restroom and I realized, oh, I'm very off balance and can barely walk. And I'm like, I'm still just like, oh, I'm just a little bit dizzy. I had a couple drinks. We're playing this game. Yeah. And then it became very clear to me is I was like, I'm having the cold sweats and I was just shaking my just shivering like I've never shivered before. It was wild. And I mean, my head just started pounding. I had blurry vision. I mean, I genuinely our buddy. I couldn't drive home. Our friend Alpo took me home out of the kindness of his heart. Shout out, Alpo. Thank you so much. Um, As soon as I got in the door, I just threw up everything in my stomach. Oh, did you really? Barely walked to bed. Could barely. I was walking like an old man hunched over. (laughs) And and Kendra is like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm just, I can't balance. Got in bed. And as I was laying there, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I was like, I should, I was like, I should have went to the, I should have went to the doctor's. But I can't tell her that because it'll a scare her. Sure. And b I can't get up. I'm not leaving. I'm not <laughs> leaving the bed. I was like, so if this is it, that's it. And I closed my eyes and went to sleep, <laughs> and woke up and I was sick for, you know, two days, real sick. That kind of got past, and I had a horrible cough for another five days, uh, to the point where it hurt. I fully lost my voice. And then that I finally started to get under control. And then I woke up with pink eye. Guess what? You can get pink eye in both your eyes from a viral infection. I didn't know that. Did you know that? Now I know that. It sucked. Jeez. The game took something from me. I think it took something out of Zach, too, because you were out for a little bit, too, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, Brinker and I both were sick immediately the next day. Wow. Like we both woke up sick, sore throat, coughing, phlegmy. Uh, I am just now finally getting over the cold. It, it, mine was not, I did not nearly have what he had, but it was just an annoying lingering that wouldn't go away. Like, and it was just that <laughs> for like the last two weeks. The curse of Doki Doki. And folks, we're going to start getting into actually, you know, what happened in this game. Um, and you will see, honestly, I probably deserved the curse. I brought it on myself. If I'm being honest, I think I earned it. You sure did, Rick Renegade. (laughs) Rick Renegade. Yeah, so when we get into this, uh, or when we play this, we we think it's fun to play the game and we we voice out the characters. So the game takes place and it's from a first-person point of view. I think in the last episode I said that it was that you play a guy who is in a club with four girls. They never really say that it's a guy. I guess it could. it's an anonymous person. Yeah, it's kind of so, left open. Yeah, so you, you might be a guy, you might be a girl. It doesn't really matter. The whole point is that you're interacting with these four girls, right? And so we give Thor the main character. He's the pilot through the whole thing. And then the rest of us are voicing and, and playing out the lines that the other girls are saying. Because it's would be really boring if we all sat there quietly and Thor read quietly to himself. Yeah. Basically, yeah. <laughs> this game is called reading. Yeah, it's reading it's, with pictures. Well, that's the thing is it's 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 a game, but it isn't. It's also a visual novel. Like it's all, they're also called that because you know there are some decisions you make, but overall you're just kind of rolling with it. Yeah, you're kind of just along for the ride. Um, essentially, it's just text. It'll be an anime picture of a girl talking to you. Um, and then it's just lines of text and you can respond and then she'll respond. And most of, and most of it isn't really choices you're making. It just says this is what your character right. says. Mo- the choices that you get to make are in between meetings of the literature club. You write poems and you basically gear your poems towards the girl you're interested in. 
that's the decision that you really get to make. Right? Yeah. Like, so, so, and, and with that, there are, there are four girls in the literature club. Mm. Now, the leader of the literature club is this girl named Monica. She's way out of our league. Way out of our She's league. She's the president of the literature club. Yep. God, I wanted Monica. I mean, he was after uh, her. Yeah, you were. You were after her. But they, she, they told me she was, or the game told me, she's way out of your league. And I'm like, I must have her. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, there's Monica. There's a girl named Sayori, who is described as your best friend since childhood. She's the one who initially brings you to the club. Uh, and then there are two other characters. One girl is named Yuri. And she's kind of into deep, uh, emotional. She's got a little bit of a dark side. She's the hot goth girl. Yeah. Yeah. Or emo. Yeah. I like hot goth girl. Yeah, that's her. For sure. So so that's her thing. And then uh, Asuka, right, is her name? Is the other one? I think so. Yeah. And she is the small, petite, feisty anime girl trope. She's a spitfire. Yeah, she's a little spitfire. She's she's quick to... uh, to call you out on stuff she doesn't take no shit and uh those are the those are the four girls now you can only pursue yuri and asuka and sayori your best friend but monica you cannot pursue natsuki natsuki okay yeah. thank you i think asuka is that a street fighter character uh she's a pro wrestler i think asuka is a pretty typical japanese name yeah like a you know like a I almost said Betsy, but that is not a typical American name anymore. <laughs> I met all the Betsies. Oh, so many Betsies. So many Betsies. And, and Esters and Helgas. And Bathshebas. And God, if I had a dollar for every Bathsheba I knew. I used to have a dog named Sheba when I was a kid. What? Was it a Sheba you knew? No, she was a Golden Retriever, I think. <laughs> That's funny because I had a Sheba Inu named Golden. What? No, Shut I did up. not. <laughs> so, so when you're pursuing these girls, the way that you do it is through this gameplay mechanic where you guys meet after class, you kind of talk for a bit, and then you go home, and you always have homework, and you have to write a poem. So you don't really write a poem. You're picking <laughs> words. You're the worst at writing poems. The worst. You're just picking words. And while you're picking these words, it's this display of a notebook is in front of you. And then there are little chibi versions of the three girls that you can pursue. And the goal of the game is to find the words that can be associated with the girls you want to pursue. You choose those words to write poetry that appeals to them. And then you can develop a deeper bond with that character. Yeah. Cause everyone takes turns reading each other's poems the next day and then you get to interact with all the girls. And, of course, you get the best re- an interaction out of the one that you geared the poem to. Yeah. So Thor gets to type his character in, and he chooses the best name ever for a video game protagonist. Okay. So I would like to point out <laughs> that going into this, I had one question. Is it kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure? Um, or is it kind of like uh, maybe like a Mass Effect-style game where you get to you get to make your decisions and then you have to live with them. Sure. Like you, so you can play in, if anybody's familiar with mass effect, if you make the good guy decisions, you're a paragon. If you make the badass decisions, you're a renegade. And usually when you play the renegade, that means you're, you're willing to sacrifice 
people and things for the greater, you know, for the greater good or for mm-hmm. your greater goal. Absolutely. And then you go into a deep depression in Mass Effect 3 and you can't play for two weeks because all your friends are dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, not that that happened to me. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> R.I.P. Harvey Shepard. Oh, Harvey Shepard. You know, my favorite part about that entire experience was me like, because when I played Mass Effect and I have beat that game like six times, mm-hmm. I have never done what you did. I have never made the decisions that massacred your entire squad. They all died. It was, Except for like Garrus yeah, and like one other. It was so insane. I've never seen that ending. <laughs> ever. <laughs> it was just ridiculous. Yeah, Tal- like I it was it was just I didn't know what to do after Tali committed suicide. <laughs> I was just like, oh my gosh. I don't know how to go forward. <laughs> oh my god. It's funny how those suicide like uh so the suicides in video games they can really leave an impact on you yeah yeah for sure but in any case so we discussed this and because i've never played a japanese dating simulator i wanted to make sure that it wasn't like okay here you have to talk to this girl and you're trying to win her affection so you have to say these certain things and if you don't you fail you got to go back try it again Mm -hmm. and they're like no it's like you just make your decisions you live with it and i'm like okay then i'm going full renegade because look i'm a nice boy I am. I, I'd love to think that I'm like a tough guy or a badass. I'm not. I'm a sweet boy. I can't help it. <laughs> so I was like, I get to play a, a dating simulator and I get to be somebody who I'm not. I'm going to be a renegade. So my name of my character is Rick Renegade. All lowercase, one word. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't add spaces. It made so it better. I was like, yep. Rick Renegade. That was the most fun, like, in character, playing the character, be like, that's amazing, Rick Renegade, and just saying it really fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all the girls constantly called me by my name. Yeah, Rick, Rick Renegade. Renegade. Yeah. yeah, or when they're, like, swooning over to you, they're like, oh, Rick Renegade. Yeah. I don't know. I can't. <laughs> that's when I played it, my, I wanted to be called John Cena, and I put it, and, and when I put it in, I accidentally spelled it wrong, and so the whole game, everyone called me John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> Which made it better to me for some reason. Yeah, I was Mr. Cool. Mr. Cool, with, yeah. With a lot of O's. <laughs> yeah, it's something about that. I think that type of game, you just throw in a ridiculous name. It oh, for sure. Harkens yeah. back to old Pokemon games when you name Gary whatever you want to name him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite games, I'm getting real off topic, but Wild Arms, the RPG, you could name all the spells that you got. So, of course, at 13 i was like fort bucks come bag you know like you know, all my all the spells were named these ridiculous explosion yeah exactly and i had at the, it got to a point where i had no idea what the fuck any of the spells did that's awesome that's what a cool idea. not what you did but what a cool idea. <laughs> explosion what a great idea but like being able to name the spells that's actually kind of fun it was fun yeah yeah so yeah do you want to get into uh how, how do you want to do this? Do you want to talk characters first? Do you want to go through the plot? Yeah, well, we kind of touched on the characters. A little bit, yeah. So yeah. We'll, we'll get into... So, yeah, once again, you got basically three girls to choose from. You have yeah. Monica. She's the club president. Way out of your league. God, I want And you can't choose from her. Like, when you write poems, you can't yeah. you can't gear it at her. So you're left to pick from these other three girls. And they're both... You got Yuri, once again. Hot goth girl. Mm-hmm. Big old boobs. But, and they keep talking about them. They but do. honestly, very annoying. Just, <laughs> just too depressing all the time. It's like, ugh, move on, please. And then you got your best friend, Sayori. Mm-hmm. 
who and she's kind of like the annoying little sister type and it becomes pretty clear pretty quick she's like always had a crush on you yeah mm-hmm. and then the other one is the youngest of them what's her name natsuki again? natsuki and once again yeah she's the little spitfire she was matter. super into manga yeah she was yeah. super into manga yeah. she's a super manga dork and she constantly gives you shit she was pretty cool yeah, yeah. She, she was she's the one that if she was real she'd be totally fun to hang out with <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah so you get into this club and i mean it's pretty straightforward you're just writing poems yeah. every day mm-hmm. and once again the poems are selected by you're just selecting random words hoping that they strike a chord with the girl that you're trying to court and, and you kind of have to go based on your in- interactions with them. And then when you're looking at that list of words, like, ooh, that sounds like Yuri. And click on that. And sometimes it surprises you. And the, one of the other ones jumps for joy. And you're like, oh, shit. I yeah. thought I had this. And then so once, and based on that, whoever you essentially, the words that you select, whoever it connects most with, that girl you'll have like a special scene with her. Mm-hmm. Sure, the Some next day. special hangout time with her. Mm-hmm. You get to know them a little bit more. Um, you also, with this whole thing, you read each other's poems. So while the girls are reading your poems and reacting, you're seeing how they're reacting to your poems, you also get to read their poems. And it gives you a little bit of insight into them and the type of people that they are. It also tells you the type of poetry that they like, just in case you decide, oh, I'm really going after Yuri. Yeah. Let's see what she writes. Gives you some hints and some stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also get to read Monica's poems true so and and it turns out reading the poems is turns into a pretty big thing as as the game goes on because the story kind of unfolds through those poems in many ways very much because as the girls as they're dealing with you and the other girls kind of like vying for your affection and the affection that you're giving to who it is so their emotions come out in those poems because a lot of the actual conversations are always very surface and very kind of cloaked like the girls won't come out and say that they have a crush on you or that they like you they'll just be like oh rick renegade i love spenny it's been so great that you're in the club now and stuff like that and then you read a poem and it's like i once was in love with a man and he was in love with another and i wanted (laughs) to jump from a cliff or some weird shit like that all the poetry stinks it's the worst none of it's very good (laughs) i really you guys didn't think any of it was very good we're not English major, Zach. Oh, sorry. So I can't. Uh, there are things in there that probably, admittedly, I couldn't appreciate. <laughs> so, you don't know words. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know where I'm coming from. Um, yeah, so I think most of the game unfolds, or the story rather. It's not really a game, it's more like a story. But yeah. most of that story unfolds in, honestly, in the poetry. Yeah. Now, and what I did, because I was told by Brinker, essentially he misled me the whole time intentionally like (laughs) what a dick it was so funny he was so good at it but he was like you know a lot of times in these games you can get different endings you can end up with one of the girls or if you luck out you can end up with the harem ending where you get to be with all of the girls i mean technically he didn't that is the way a lot of them go yeah but (laughs) (laughs) yeah no so but it set me up perfectly because i was like oh i'm rick renegade First off, Monica was number one. And since she wasn't an option, it drove me insane. <laughs> and I was like, the second best option is all three of the other girls. I want that hair. <laughs> either Monica or all, all of them. Three of them. <laughs> and I was like, maybe if I only pay a little bit of attention to each of them, 
I'll eventually open up Monica. Eventually, I'll get a, I'll find a way to sneak in to get in with Monica. So I was just Rick renegading it up. You were like, like each <laughs> night, you, each day, you you hit on a different one, basically. Correct, and then, <laughs> and the story that really develops is the story between you and your best friend Sayori. Yeah, because your friendship blossoms, or it kind of has a a resurgence, a renaissance through you joining this club because it's one of those things where you're friends in elementary school mm. or, or friends as kids and then you just kind of grow up and you're not close anymore. So it really brought you two together again. <clears throat> yeah. And, and it really brought out Sarah's emotions for you too. And um, as far as the narrative goes, it it all kind of has this culminating point where there's a, is it a festival? Like, the yeah. The basically, the school is having a, like a festival where all the clubs are gonna put something together to grab people's interest about them. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So then, in the days, uh, uh, right before that, each day is kind of preparing something and figuring out something to do for the festival. So they're figuring out roles, and through this whole time, Thor is hanging out with Natsuki. Thor's hanging out with Yuri, and he maybe did you hang out with Sayori, your friend, ever? I don't know. I pretty much <laughs> I pretty much ignored her though, because here's the thing: is Monica's number one. Never forget, Monica was number one. That was always the goal. <laughs> sure. Next was Natsuki, because I liked her. She was fun. Yeah. She, she gave me shit. She was cool. I mean, she kind of had a little bit of a boy body, so I was like, eh. But I'm willing to overlook her. Right. <laughs> and then. The next one on the list... Wait, and was, that's not just Thor. Everyone in the game kept pointing that out, too. Yeah. Like, the game keeps pointing out, like, you got big boobs. You're little. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're I little really, and small and petite. But yeah. I really like Natsuki. She was fun. I, yeah. I really genuinely started falling in love with this girl. It's weird. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. And then, so, and then the one after that, then it would be Yuri, because them titties, though. Sure. But... <laughs> <laughs> But she was super annoying, and I was like, that's kind of... And then Sayori wasn't even on my radar. Yeah, that's like, funny. And and she's... Once again, they're all animated characters, but she's cute, and she's a very sweet and kind character the whole way throughout. Yeah, but, she's the heart, basically, of the literature club. When Like, whenever something negative starts to happen, Sayori always brings everybody back. Like, that was her role the whole time. She brought Rick Renegade in, because the club has Which to was have a mistake, probably. four people, right? <laughs> Or has to have three people? At least three, four. No, no, I think, I think it, it was four. Yeah, because you made four. You no. made five. Five. Maybe yeah. it's five. Maybe it's five. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, she brought Rick Renegade in, who, which obviously was perfect for the club. <laughs> perfect. Um, Didn't have any negative repercussions on the club. No, it's great. At all. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll admit, so... Sayori, not even on my radar. I think I did go for the poems with her eventually. But at that point, she had already started getting kind of weird. Sayori starts kind of getting quiet. And she's like, you can tell there's something up. And logical brain, us outside of the game know, oh, she's obviously, she's in love with me. Yeah. She's in love with Rick Renegade. Yep. She needs a taste of that Rick Renegade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Rick Renegade is playing coy the oh, yeah. entire time. Just yep. Just play in the field. Like, that was my goal. A renegade going to do what a renegade going to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's in the name, folks. And so eventually what happens 
is it's the weekend before the big festival. And during this festival, we're all going to read our awesome poetry in front of people. But first, we got to get stuff ready. So everybody has a job. Uh, Sayori's doing something. And Yuri is making, She's making like, signs and signs posters and stuff. And Natsuki, since she likes to bake, uh, she's, she's going to bake cupcakes. Yep. Essentially, in the midst of talking about all this, Sayori leaves because she's getting real dark. Her, some of her poems are getting dark mm-hmm. and weird. You can tell she's got some stuff going on. And she gets kind of quiet, doesn't really want to talk about it. Yeah, and so she leaves while we're planning for the big festival. And then we all start talking, and it's like, well, Natsuki could use help baking, and Yuri could help like cutting out paper and making signs. Yeah. And it's like, what do you want to do, Rick Renegade? you got to do something to help us. The options are basically help Natsuki bake, help Yuri make signs, help Monica do whatever, yeah. or go find out what happened to Sayori because she basically ran off crying. Like, And so obviously, obviously. the only reasonable choice <laughs> is go for Monica. I'm like, let's spend the weekend with Monica. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She's out of my league. I must have her. This is your shot. You gotta shoot and, it. And I thought I thought it gave me that choice. I thought I was finally rewarded. I thought I <laughs> I thought I I played perfectly. I was like, yes, I figured out how to get Monica. I figured it out. And I say, Oh, I'll help go with Monica, and then all the other girls get mad and they're like, She's not even she doesn't even have anything to do. You gotta help us and then I was like, Okay. So it's like pick something else. And then once again, it's like you can go find your friend Sayori who's clearly troubled right now. And I'm like, nah, I'm going to bake with Natsuki. (laughs) (laughs) Renegade going to do. You know what I'm saying? At that point, once it wouldn't let me hang out with Monica, I was like, I accepted my fate. I was like, okay, I guess I just. Yeah, go with Natsuki. I guess I just got to go with Natsuki. Sure. Which is fine. It's. Yeah. So so then. You do go and check on Sayori because she's not only your close friend, but also your neighbor. Mm -hmm. So you do go and check on her prior to going to Natsuki's house for the weekend. And you go and see her. And then basically just everything gets revealed about Sayori. And she tells you, she's like, I suffer from pretty severe depression. And she basically feels like she is a burden on you. Because she wants you to be happy. And since she's depressed, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong if I, or if I'm, if I'm incorrect in this. But it seemed it was if basically she's depressed and because she is depressed, she is a burden on you, Rick Renegade. And she just wants you to be happy. And sometimes she thinks that it would be better if she just went away. Yeah. Yeah, she's in this vicious cycle of she is in love with you. But she wants you to be happy no matter what, even if that makes her more miserable. And because she feels like she's a burden now because she's told you all this, that hurts her even more. So she, this poor girl is just in an eternal struggle of pain. Yeah, yeah she is fully spiraled. And she's yeah. like, and she basically says, like, even if you tell me you love me, I f- I'll feel like I'm a burden. And if I want to be with you, but I don't think you want to be with me. So if you choose me, I'm going to think it's just because you think that's what I want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, then I'm going to be sad because you didn't. It gets real dark. And then it's like, okay, Sayori, I mean, have a good weekend. I'll see you later then. And then you take <laughs> out because it's like Natsuki's coming over to bake. So I need to bake with Natsuki. <laughs> 
you were nice to her there. I'm gonna yeah. give you credit. You were very, you were nice to Sayori. Yeah, I was kind of Sayori there because I'm like I don't like it started getting real dark and I'm like okay I think I'm I think I'm towing a line right now. Yeah, it gets real real pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. The music change like the music is just this saccharine melody almost the entire time and it this is one of the first times where it changes. Yeah, it kind of gets a little bit darker. <clears throat> you can tell there's some real stuff going on and at this point I'm thinking. I may have been renegading a little bit too much. <laughs> and I'm like, I I might need to just keep it in check. I may need to reel it in just a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. I go and hang out with Natsuki. And we bake and we get flour on each other. And I forget if we actually kiss. I don't think no. we do. No, we get real close. Somebody put their – did you put your finger in her mouth or, oh, yeah, or vice I versa? Yeah, I put my finger in her mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Rick, Renegade put his, Rick Renegade put his finger in Natsuki's mouth. Yeah. I didn't have any control over that. The game, that's one of those narrative things. It just happens. That, that's one of those narrative but things. But for me, it was like – yeah, yeah, like you yeah, had her against, you had her like mouth. against the wall, and you guys had frosting on each other, and yeah, it got hot for a second until you lit the muffins on fire. Oh no, she had frosting on her finger, and Rick Renegade sucked the frosting that's, off. Yeah, her that's what it was. Yeah, and then the Super cupcakes hot. were on fire. Yeah, then the cupcakes it broke the vibe, broke the emotions, totally killed the vibe. Yeah, and uh, so on your way leaving Natsuki's, uh, as you're as you're walking out the front door, Sayori stops by yeah well you could no, you say or natsuki came to your house so it was oh, right that it was? yeah oh, yeah that's right that's right that's what it was so as as natsuki's leaving sayori stops by because you you did invite her over you're like well i'm going over to natsuki's but you can come you should join us mm-hmm. you know totally third wheel it it's like a, <laughs> no yeah that'd be fine if you came please yeah. i really want you to but like yeah, while I'm you're definitely outside not trying to get dick touches come yeah. on over <laughs> But like at that point, you and Natsuki, it seems like oh something's happening here. And yeah. As you're leaving, it's kind of like you're about to kiss, and then here comes Sayori. Oh yeah, yeah. So Natsuki's fully about to yep. lay one on Rick Renegade. Yep. And as it's about to happen, Sayori pops up and she's like, "Oh hey guys, just cock blocking." <laughs> and, and I mean, once again, I know she's sad girl. I know she's a sad girl. <laughs> She's got she's got a little bit of the blues. I get it. Yeah, a little bit but, of them. I mean, come on, bro code. And <laughs> right, she should know. <laughs> Rick Renegade was not happy at that moment. But essentially, she interrupts you, and then she's like, "Hey, Natsuki," and then she's like, "Hey, Sayori," and eventually, uh, Natsuki leaves. She's like, "I'll see you later, Rick Renegade." Mm-hmm. And then you're left talking to Sayori. Yeah, and in this scenario, you end up telling her. To, yeah. To your, well, well, and once and I think this is the part where Sayori actually confesses that she loves you. She's been in love with you. I think the first part wasn't didn't come out completely in the open, right? I think that you're correct. Yeah. yeah. She but, tells you about the depression and she tells you that you mean a lot to her, I think, but she I don't think that she comes out and says like I am in love with it's you. It's like yeah. when she sees you with Natsuki, that's when she finally is like I need to just tell him all yeah. of this. Mm-hmm. Now she has the courage. And so Natsuki leaves and Sayori's like, I love you, Rick Renegade. Rick, of course. Rick Renegade. Of course she does. Of course she loves Rick Renegade. Rick, Rick Renegade. Rick Renegade. Who on. doesn't love Rick Renegade? And um, she's like, I love you. And then she confesses all her feelings. And now you're left with the decision. You have to tell Natsuki either, hey, I think it's better if we're friends. Or you tell her, Natsuki, I also love you. Sayori. 
Sayori, I also love you. You paused on this for a little while. Yeah, I did. Because here's the thing. I knew I still wanted Monica. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) Sayori was really depressed. And I'm like, I genuinely think, and we're kind of joking. I'm like, I think this girl's going to like hurt herself or something. And Brinker's like, oh, man, you're, you're messed up. Dude. Yeah. We're, we're just like, dude, why would you say that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like just gaslighting me fully. And so I'm like, I'm not going to tell her, let's just be friends. I'm just telling you guys right now when I select this, I'm going to tell her, say, Ori, I also love you. I want to be with you. And I made sure to let him know that as soon as the opportunity came up to renegade, I was going to renegade. You <laughs> yeah. But I needed, you know what I mean? I just needed a little breathing room. So I'm like, I'll tell her I love her now. Yeah. It's cool. No worries. Well, and also, I'll get another shot at Monica tomorrow. Yeah. So <laughs> Also, Thor's a sweet boy. Yeah, please, right? folks, please understand that Thor, as a human being, would not do this to someone, but Rick renegade as a character. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and no, it's so weird because it is just text and dialogue, but like, you get invested. I was playing the character. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I genuinely, A, also I'm invested, but also I was like, I went into it with the mindset. I'm like, Rick Renegade is a little bit of a sociopath, so I'm going to play <laughs> like a bit of a sociopath, and I put myself in that place. It was. We're D&D it, guys. This we is are. what we do. Yeah. True. Yeah. So it was an interesting experiment. So I did tell her I loved her, which I think is supposed to be like the nice thing to do. Um, but my full intention was that like, as soon as I get a chance to, <laughs> to, sure. to be a piece of shit, <laughs> no, as soon as I get a chance to be a piece of shit, I'm, I'm gonna, cause that's what Renegade would do. That's what Rick Renegade would do. Sure. So then next day happens. It's the festival. Everybody's all excited. Everybody from the club is there. Except for Sayori. Cause here's this thing about Sayori. She over always oversleeps. Yeah, yeah, we do late. get that. That's been a yeah. big running theme throughout the whole game. Is Sayori always oversleeps this problem. And you basically told her I love you and that you guys are dating now. And as soon as you get to school, everybody knows, like Monica already knows, that you and Sayori are dating. Yeah, because you wake up the next day and you're like, oh, she's running late. Eh, I'm going to school. Oh, <laughs> even yeah. The, yeah, like you just leave her anyway. You don't even bother to stop it and grab her. So... Once everybody realized, oh, Sayori's not here, it's like, oh, well, I better go wake Sayori up. Yeah, so you, you leave at the end of the day, right? or do you leave early? You leave, you leave you before leave. to try and get her That's, before everything goes down. Yeah, before That's the right. festival starts, I want to go want to go wake her up. Sayori always running late. Such a pain. Silly Sayori. I just told her I love her, and she can't get her ass out of bed and put on some makeup to come see Rick Renegade. What's <laughs> right. going on? Right. The nerve. This honestly, like this is the this is my favorite part of our entire experience. And if you have been listening and you haven't played the game, you may be wondering, why are a bunch of mid thirty somethings playing a dating simulator? Well, my friends, this is why. As you walk up the door, and I already know, like I already have a feeling in my stomach, I'm like, I kind of feel like I know what's gonna happen. And the music is gone. Yeah, the music yeah. the music stops. You're at the front door, and the screen goes black. Screen so just goes black. You just have text, and it's like, Sayori, Sayori, wake up. She's not answering. So you it's open quiet. the door. I open the door, and what flashes in front of you? Just a screen full of this 
girl, this anime girl, Sayori, the sweet little girl, hanging from a noose in her bedroom. Yeah. And, and even though you know it's something bad and you're kind of prepared for it, you're not prepared for it. Like, as soon as I'm like, oh, God, no. Why? Like, it's, yeah. And then it gives you just some absolutely brutal dialogue of Rick Renegade going, she's dead. It's my fault. I did this. And the, once again, all of these things, we're reading them out loud. Out loud. I'm reading Rick Renegade. Everybody mm-hmm. else has been reading the girls. Yep. It's been very funny. We've been laughing hysterically this whole time. Yes. And then at this part, when I have to read out loud, she's dead. It's my fault. I never showed her affection the way I should have. Like all these lines. And it's just like in that moment, once again, I genuinely felt like I made this girl kill herself. And I know it's all fake. And even like logically in my brain, I knew like, I don't think there was any way to uh, avoid this. There isn't. Yeah. There is no way to avoid that. This will always happen in the game. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it's like we were saying, like it, Sayuri is stuck in this circular logic of if she's, if you say you love her, that hurts her just as much because now she does, she thinks that you're just doing it for her sake. And that hurts her because now she's a burden on you. But if you don't love her, and you want to be with someone else, that hurts her just as deeply because of how much she loves you. So no matter what. She can't live with either of those things. Yeah. So on your first playthrough of this game, that always happens. Yep. And even though logically I know that, and even if there was an option to not have that happen, Rick Renegade definitely would have made that happen. Because <laughs> he's Rick Renegade. Because I was Rick Renegading it up, and I made every wrong decision I could have. Yeah. It was... So, so like, it literally weighed on me because it's not like I was nice to her the whole time. And then it'd probably be different. I'd still be like, oh, this is brutal. But the fact that, like, I made some very questionable choices and, and my logic, once again, you don't get to make a lot of choices in the game, mm-hmm. but my logic behind how I was playing the game, this was, like, how it should have happened. And, yeah. it, and it, like, hit me. I'm like, oh, God. And then once again, right after this, because the game is pretty much over at that point. Kind of. You're, yeah, it's kind of over. But like, it, it goes to like, it says, you know, essentially end. Yeah. The mm-hmm. first playthrough is over. Is over. Yeah. Because yeah. you have to do multiple playthroughs of this. Correct. And so at that point, that's when I stood up and my head was swimming and I lost balance and I got incredibly sick. Yeah. I don't think it was because of the game. I think it was genuinely, I had like 20 people in my house the night before, but. I'm not fully counting out that I may have been cursed <laughs> from just being a renegade. I, I don't so, know. Yeah, Sayuri cursed all of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's wild. Yeah. Um, do you remember how you felt when that first happened? Uh, I remember thinking, holy shit, just being completely blindsided from it mm-hmm. because like for seven and a half hours, Everything is happy-go-lucky and fine. And it's really that last half hour where things turn. And and it happened with me playing. And then the same thing happened with Thor, where those of us who had played it prior mm-hmm. and knew what was coming, we knew to shut up at basically at that point. Mm-hmm. And, and so we did that with Thor, and then you guys did that when I was playing because it was all fun and games, and we were voicing everything. But then as soon as that happens, it's like done. And now I'm just reading and clicking 
and it becomes very somber very very quickly yeah and i and i think the the biggest thing for me and thor you you may have been preoccupied with some weird curse to recognize <laughs> this but it's really abrupt and somber and dark and then the screen just goes back to the home screen and it's back to the happy go lucky music and you've just been hit with this freaking tidal wave yeah of of information emotion and a plot twist and then there's just happy music playing and you're like what what just happened mm. when i played it i wanted to end up with sayori Oh, because yeah. Because I think it's because I watch too many rom-coms. I admit it. I like rom-coms. I'm a softie. Uh, and so for me, like, the the cute, bubbly, happy best friend, I was like, absolutely. Like, if, if that happened to me in real life, I would immediately. I, if, if I figured out that I had this cute, bubbly best friend who had deep feelings for me, I would probably immediately fall in love as well. Like yeah. that, that I, I can be honest. So that happened in the game for me where I was like, yes, <laughs> right. Sayori. And I went full like with her. And then that's like I said, that still happens. Even if you focus on her, it still happens. Yeah. And that killed me. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I went with, I went for Yuri on my playthrough. Oh, she was so annoying. <laughs> yeah, so I, don't, annoying. I don't have a reason that I went for Yuri. <laughs> yeah, you, you got two reasons. <laughs> Let's be honest. Okay. All right. All right. Her brains yep. and her wit. Yep. <laughs> Those. Yep. Um, so, and just as a heads up for you, Micah, um, so folks, you have to keep playing the game. You have to do multiple playthroughs. Yes. yes. Um, we tried starting the second one the second playthrough but at that point i was very sick so we we just called it a night mm -hmm. yeah um but i did uh i watched youtube videos of somebody else playing oh, okay, it so cool. i know how the rest of the, the, rest game, of the i know how the rest of the game unfolds. and it's it's awesome. it is important to note that the game does kind of clue you in that you got to keep going because when you go back to that happy front mm -hmm. screen sayori is gone because the, the 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 home screen is all of the girls in cute anime girl poses but now Sayori is gone and replaced by a heavily digitally like a messed pixelated up Monica. Image. Yeah, pixelated Monica. So there's Monica, and then standing next to Monica is now heavily pixelated Monica. Yeah. And so you were immediately, and I think even like the the game menu looks weird too. Yeah, a little bit. Some of the text is blurred. Like yeah. Glitched out. So like yeah. immediately you're like, oh, what what is happening now? Yeah. So, yeah. the, so then, basically, you, you start the game again. Mm -hmm. And when you start the game again, and we, we should probably kind of, now that we've gotten that, we should probably just kind of address the rest of the game as a whole. I'd say, yeah. Yeah. So, so you start the game again, but this time Sayori is not in the game. At all. At all. She doesn't exist. <clears throat> and literally, the game just happens the exact same way. Mm -hmm. Like, it's the same text prompts. You're living through the beginning of the game exactly the same, mm -hmm. except wherever Sayori is supposed to be, it, the game just, like, glitches out and skips, yeah. and, like, skips text. Dialogue gets fucked up, or there's glitches on the screen. Uh, you, get in, you get invited into the club by Monica this time. Right. Yeah. And Rick Renegade thought, this is my shot. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. we did start the second playthrough. Yeah, because yeah. I, I just left, took over for you so you wouldn't have to read initially. Yeah. And when Sayori left, or say, left, Sayori <laughs> you know, brutally was found oh, took a vacay in her room. It still makes me went so on sad. Holiday. It's very sad. But I did try to look on the bright side. Silver lining. Now, there's only three people left. So, my thinking after the first playthrough was, okay... 
this is always an option. You, I thought it was just like you. I still am thinking you just have to be <laughs> Jesus Christ. You have to be careful about your decisions. I thought the oh, first man. playthrough was supposed to happen to teach you you have to be careful about your decisions. You're playing with these girls' emotions. Mm. But I'm like, okay, now that Sayori's gone, that means they're gonna slot Monica into that third slot. Mm. Okay. That doesn't happen. No, Instead, Monica all. is still off limits, and now you only have two to choose from. And at that point, I was like, I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> I'm sick. And if, honestly, if Monica had become an option, I would have kept playing through. You just the trucked on through. <laughs> <laughs> uh, vertigo and all, baby. Uh, keep on going. <laughs> but yeah, so now you still can't pick Monica. So now yeah. you're just choosing between Yuri and Natsuke. Yeah. But anytime, it's not like they rewrote the script to no. remove Sayori from the game. It's just anytime Sayori is mentioned, they basically just black it out or or scratch it out. Mm-hmm. They they leave it there, but they let you know that Sayori has been removed from the game. Yeah, not that you're starting over and Sayori didn't exist from the beginning. She still existed. Just these new character or these characters don't recognize that Sayori is not there. Mm-hmm. But we do because we played the first playthrough. Yeah, and so essentially, it, visually, it looks like glitches in the game. It's, yeah. it's intentionally looking like the game is glitching out. So this time through, things start off a little bit normal with a little hint of weird, and then as it goes on, it gets more and more and more strange. Yeah. Uh, now, does... I forget, do we have to do three playthroughs? Yeah, you gotta go through all the girls. Okay. And, and and each time, uh, yeah, on your second playthrough, you get to now once again you're picking Natsuki or Yuri. Or so Yuri. say you pick, and I believe you can do either one. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what order. So say you you know you key in on Yuri for your second playthrough. What happens is you start getting close with Yuri, and as that happens, she ends up becoming really possessive. Yeah, like really creepily possessive. Yeah, she starts saying stuff like, I want to crawl inside your skin. Yeah. I want you in my blood. I want <laughs> yep. to be inside you and for you to be inside me. Like She's really into horror stuff. novels. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of her big things that you learn. Yeah. But then, then there's like weird flashes where her face changes. Because you now, at this time too, you've been looking at these f- still pictures of these girls if they're talking. Because while they're talking, it's not like they're animated. No. It's just a picture of them. Yeah, and there's maybe like three or four images for each girl, different poses. Yeah, for different expressions and things like that. Yeah. But now every now and then, Yuri's got a weird freaking face mm. on her. Um, like, it looks menacing almost. Eventually, I forget, It's it's been a while since we've actually, since I've actually played this part, but it ends up with you and her in the room. I don't know if she locks you in, so she has a knife, and you're like, okay, this is a little bit a little bit strange. And then she just takes the knife, looks at you, and stabs herself in the chest. And I, then takes it out. And yeah. on this one, yeah, there's an animation. So she just starts stabbing repeatedly herself in the chest. Yeah, and while this is happening, you can't do anything about it. You can't, like, skip through it. Or to hit the button to go to the next prompt is just for her to stab herself again. And I remember playing this part, and I'm like, what the hell? And then you get trapped in that room for, like, a couple days, right, as her body, like, Over the weekend. Yeah, it's over the weekend. That's right. You're there the whole weekend with her dead body. Yeah, and the way that they do it is this screen, the image, is just her dead body on the floor, and the text prompt is just dots, and you just have to hit to go to the next text prompt. And you mashing the button to go to the next text prompt, it still takes 30 or 40 seconds for you to get through that. 
so like they make it uncomfortable make you just sit there staring at her dead body yeah essentially yeah so so basically that ends is that where the second game ends yeah okay so then you're back to the home screen mm-hmm. and then and she's digitally out she's, of it yeah she's digitally out of it so then you start it again and this time the prompt is a tiny little bit different and instead mm-hmm. of you like making being the person that you need to be so that they can be an actual club because now they've got enough members the script goes to something like this isn't even going to be a real club. We don't even have enough members. Oh, yeah. And then you go for Natsuki because Natsuki's the only option. And or or point, your, yeah, whichever girl's left. Yeah. And at yeah. this point, there's tons of glitches. The game is getting very it's weird. really whacked out. Yeah. yeah. It's very clear that like the game is breaking down almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's not meant to operate. With, you have no choice. You have to pick Natsuki. So it just... So the game gets very weird very quick. Yeah. And um, I believe she ends up does she end up killing herself or I just think, dying? Doesn't she starve she, to death? Yeah, she dies Be- from malnutrition. Yeah, because the re- you find out, like, and, and, it, and it kind of lets you know a little bit by little bit throughout the playthrough is that, uh, like, at one point she mentions, like, if my dad ever cooks, I eat as much as I can. And it's because she's so small because she's so malnourished because she's from a really poor family. And she essentially, like, she dies from malnourishment. Yeah, yeah. which is why she's so thin and petite. And they kind of joke about it and kind of plant that seed in your head yeah. that she's the small girl but they don't they don't say why yeah. right you just think right. that it's genetics and she's smaller framed um so yeah anyway she dies and i believe in this playthrough it's when you start realizing and you kind of already have a pretty good idea that monica is doing something weird that the reason these girls is dying has something to do with monica. yeah well i mean if you remember in the first playthrough monica doesn't monica basically admit that she told sayori to kill herself not directly, but she does make a weird comment. Yeah, and, and remember, and she knows right away that Sayori, that you and Sayori are dating already. Yeah, she day. already knew. Yeah. yeah. Um, the re- and the reason you end up finding out the reason why is because Monica is aware that it is a dating simulator. So, so this is like a really, really cool fourth wall break where you're playing and you think that it's a happy-go-lucky thing, but Monica is a character in a game where she is in love with you and you being the generic protagonist in all of these playthroughs throughout the entire game and however many people have played the game, she sees all these girls getting picked and chosen and she is never an option. She is jealous because she wants you. So she as a character goes through the game coding, which I think is amazing, and starts deleting files and getting things out of the way. So when you kill Sayori... Her file is literally removed from the coding mm-hmm. of the game. Yeah, and you get you get little snippets of this. Like in the first round, uh, there is a moment where where Monica's late for literature club, and everyone's mm-hmm. like, "This is so out of character for her." And when she shows up, she's just like, she she's like, "Oh, sorry guys, I had something big happen. I've had this enlightening moment." And da 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 da. And everyone's just like, "Oh, you're learning piano." And she's like, "Yeah, sure, I'm learning piano." Yeah. And you come to realize that the enlightening moment that she had was becoming sentient. Yeah, it's wild. And so then when you go through and you start the game and there's literally no choices, I don't know if the game starts off in this room. I think does, so. Does it? Yeah. So, so you're in a, are you in the club room? Yeah. Just I think with the lights on? No, you're in a group? different house. Like it's a, it's the first time you've gone to a different room and you're just in this room alone with her. Yeah. There's like space. Yeah. So once all three of the other girls are dead, 
It's just Monica looking at you in a room with like her hands on her chin, like smiling at you with this cute face. And you're in this weird room with like space floating out the windows. That's when she starts kind of revealing to you all this yeah, information. Because she finally has you. Mm-hmm. And she will talk to you for a long time without repeating herself. I'm pretty sure it's hours. Yeah. Hours yeah. that you can just talk and, to her. And so at this point, you have two options. One is you can accept that this is the end of the game. And if I knew this was an option, I would have played till I got, because you finally get Monica. <laughs> yeah, you got. You would have gotten you what you wanted. finally got Monica. But at what cost? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you can just say, okay, the game is over. Or you can go into the files of the game and delete the Monica file out. That's the only way to stop what she's doing. Yeah. You have to literally go into the game's files and delete Monica. And then you start like a fresh like a fresh new game with the three girls, correct? Mm -hmm. With no Monica. And every once in a while like Monica's voice like will still chime in and kind of be like, "Why did you do this? You know, why what are you doing? Why did you do this to me?" And like after you delete her and the game ends, the a song plays during the credits and it's a piano and it's a girl singing. And the idea is that it, it's Monica because she plays piano and it's Monica singing to you. Yeah. yeah. And it's a really like it's to a happy tune and it's like this really sweet song. Mm -hmm. It's actually a very unique experience. Um, once again, I didn't get to experience all this. I watched, you know, I just found a YouTube video of somebody else experiencing mm -hmm. it. But it is still uh, just quite an ending because even though you deleted Monica out of the game, she's still somewhere she's the ghost in the yeah, machine because it's you know she's it's still kind of there it's computers like they you know they, they always say that you can't truly delete something from your computer there's always a way for someone to find it yeah yeah even if it's deleted uh interesting thing that i found while prepping for this because since we didn't finish it with you it had been like a couple years since yeah, we played since with you so i went and was watching some videos and i found a video of a guy who had let Monica sit for three years. Like, he just never finished it. He just left Mon... Like, that's where the game was, and he and you could load it back up, and it's still just you and Monica chilling in that room. And there becomes an option that you can choose where you tell Monica that the player has passed away. What? Yep. And Monica, at first, is like, you're lying. Like, come on, this isn't funny, Rick Renegade, or whoever you are, you know? And, and then you can say, like, no, I'm serious... Your your guy passed away. They're gone, and you and Monica just melts down. And she's just like, they were so good, they were so sweet. They were my only person. And she's basically she's just like, please kill me. I don't want to. I don't want to exist without Rick Renegade or whoever you are. You know. Wow. Yeah. It's it's wild. Do you know that there's there's a couple different endings to this, and one of the endings. Because essentially the ending you're talking about with the piano, you delete Monica, you restart the game, a fresh game with yeah. Monica deleted. Mm -hmm. And uh, essentially the game kind of ends. Monica kind of takes over Sayori at the end of that. And then you get the piano plays. Um, you get this song for Monica. You get to hear her voice. Yeah. And then essentially the game just crashes and it says you need to uninstall. Yeah, That's mm -hmm. the end of the game. You can't reload it. You can't play. That's it. The game is done. It's like 
error script missing or something like that. Literally, the game doesn't work anymore because the characters are gone. Yeah. 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 There is a ending you can get, though, where instead you get a message from the game creator. Oh, huh. With the message from the game creator, it's so interesting. It's just directly from the guy who made the game where he's like, there are all types of different video game experiences. I'm paraphrasing here. And regardless if you like shooting games or you like sandbox or you like RPG, whatever you want, it doesn't matter. He's like, I think video games are interactive art. Mm -hmm. And I have a soft spot in my heart for things, even if they're not good, that are different that are weird and this was essentially his attempt at that it's a really sweet letter um to the players kind of explaining like where he came from and how how much his love of video games is really less about these super huge immersive experiences so much as you know unique interactive ways and thinking outside the box because Mm. this game is outside the box extremely yeah yeah for sure. So that's that's basically the game, right? Uh, Thor, what are your thoughts, man? Ooh, okay. <clears throat> this was a hell of an experience. It's <laughs> so cool. And Micah took a video of me reacting. When you get the reveal of Sayori, she hung herself. <laughs> it's brutal. It really is. I mean, my hands were on my head. I was genuinely, it felt like I got punched in the gut. I'm like, I don't know what's, I, think I don't know what to think. I think my favorite part of that whole thing is, again, Alpo's with us, and he's watching this for the first time. Yeah. And it happens, and then you just hear Alpo going like, she's going to be fucking dead. And then <laughs> and then it goes, boom, and like where, where the reveal happens. And then you just hear Alpo in the video going, she's fucking dead. <laughs> he felt really bad he because really because he was just trying to fuck with Thor yeah. and make Thor feel bad, but then he felt really bad. Yeah, and Alpo is probably the nicest person out of all of us. Yeah. Uh so but he likes to joke with us and yeah, it when that happened, I couldn't help but laugh. And when that happened, also McCreary's like Rick Renegade, yeah, yeah. I was like, "Bet you feel good now." <laughs> yeah, Zach quickly taunted me. I did. Al- Alpo clearly felt like you could tell that he also felt bad. Not Zach. Yeah, he he loved it because well, and that was my comeuppance. I deserve honestly. I deserve to feel bad. Yeah. Because regardless, that was going to happen. As we said, that was going to happen no matter what. But. I certainly didn't help the situation. No, I think the way that you were playing just really worked with what was going to happen. It yeah. it did, and and, and I don't know because because I can't remember all the dialogue that has happened over the three times I've seen this game played. But you were like the decisions you were making seemed like they were kind of making Rick Renegade a dick towards Sayori. Like some of the dialogue was kind of dickish towards her at mm-hmm. times. Oh yeah, for sure. But in any case, yeah, it, this was an awesome experience. I've never played anything like this, or I don't even know played. I never experienced anything like this, mm-hmm. and it was so fun because up in, during the fun parts, it was fun. It's just me and my buddies. We were hanging out. You guys are doing silly girl voices. Yeah, we're playing this story, and not only are we doing the voices, then we're cracking jokes in between, and we're. We had so many laughs playing this. It was just a overall an awesome experience. Um, I do still think I got cursed by Sayori. I think she cursed the room. Yep. 
Truly. Yeah. I think I got the worst and then everybody else because you were you, you, you were, were Rick compl- Renegade. Everybody else was complicit. Yeah. So. Basically. <laughs> so if you had to if you had to rate this Okay, that's I feel like that's tough. Um I'm gonna go nine out of ten. Okay. Nine out of ten hanging No, 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 no. <laughs> No, no. I'm just gonna. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> You're. You know what? You're right. You're just yeah. getting through the curse. <laughs> Do not Rick renegade yourself into another two weeks. <laughs> that's true. No, that's true. Sorry, Sayori. R.I.P. Um. Yeah. So on a scale of nine to ten, nothing special. Or a scale of one to ten, nothing special. <laughs> on a nine to ten, nothing special. <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, nothing special. I'm giving it a nine. Okay. My only, my only reason I'm not giving it a ten out of ten of the experience wise, is because you can only really experience it once. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was unlike anything I've ever experienced. It was an absolute blast doing it. There's nothing else like it that I'm aware of. It's so unique. It's so inventive. It was so much fun doing it. This thing was awesome. If you're somebody who, I mean, now it's been spoiled for you. Yeah. Do it with somebody else, like Micah and Zach did with me, like Zach did with Micah. Or if you have played it and you haven't shared it with a friend, I'm telling you, it's a blast. That's the way to do it. Yeah, it's a good time. But Yeah, 9 out of 10, one point off just because you can only do it once, but... God damn, that one time is awesome. Nine and a half. Nine and a half out of ten. Nine and a half. And nothing a half. specials. Nothing specials. <laughs> <laughs> Nine and a half cute book nerds. Best friends. Best friends. <sighs> All right. Well, with that being said, um, that's Doki Doki Literature Club. If you have played this, you should play it again because it, it's probably been a while. If you're like any of the three of us, we had some type of weird emotional issue for about a week, a week and a half after playing it. So, and then you probably never went back to it because the game was destroyed. So you should download it again. You should find a friend and you'd have, have them play it. Agreed. Agreed. It is, it is. I mean, it will hit you. Yeah. It does hit you. Even knowing what's coming, it still hits. Yeah. Yeah. It is. uh, I really think the contrast of it, it's so, happy and smiley and bubbly and it's so cute and then when it makes the turn it's just it's like on a dime it flips yeah. and it's like oh god this is real it's not all fun and silly mm-hmm. it's impactful yeah man this was uh it's a good one and i want like kudos to the i wish i could remember his name but the guy who made this it was basically a one-man thing there he had uh someone who helped make the the character art someone who made the the background art but the music and the story were just him and he coded it all he used a you there is actually a game engine that you can get to make these games called renpy and he used that to make this game so we could make our own yeah i watched the credits it's like four names yeah and so that but that guy i thought that the writing of the game is so good because i don't think the game works if the guy doesn't do such a spectacular job of really giving all of these girls character and making you feel something for them as you go along for that four and a half hours. Yeah. So the guy's name was Dan Salvato. Dan Salvato. And it was basically, yeah, him who essentially made this and published it. I think the writing is also good. Yeah. For me, I think it's good because it is one of the best twists in a game 
ever, I, I think, because it's it's written in a way that you are expecting it to be a dating simulator. Like, this this plays the long game. You think that that's what's happening. Yeah. Right? And it's hours upon hours of, like, you just playing a dating simulator. It's silly it's fun. It's Sixth Sense level twist. Yeah. So and this the, is a Shamlamian twist. Shamlamian twist, man. <laughs> and and when when that twist does, like Thor said, it is quick. So it's not like it's not like you play and you've got this initial thought like something's a little off mm-hmm. at the very beginning of the game. At least for me, it was a happy, cute, go lucky. It was a lot of fun until it wasn't, and that twist was just so abrasive. Um, I think that the writing is really, really good on that end, too. And the yeah. girls do have character, and I think that it was written as if it was a dating simulator, even though technically the game is not really a dating simulator. Right. And I think that that's, that's its strength in writing, from my opinion. Yeah. This, this thing is very, very cool. <sighs> All right. Thor, next week, next what week. are we getting into? All right. So I got a movie wreck for you. All right. Oh, boy. We are going to talk about A Clockwork Orange. Oh, Stanley shit. Kubrick film from 1971, 1972. It's 1971. Get your facts straight. Yeah, get your facts straight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. So we're watching A Clockwork Orange? A Clockwork Orange. It's based on a novel of the same name. Okay. It's a Stanley Kubrick film. Uh, it's kind of a sci-fi um more in the social science as opposed to like technology science okay um kind of dystopian england Mm -hmm. uh and it's kind of like a crime thriller type thing it's it's a little bit weird we'll get into it but it's a classic it's a cult classic yeah uh, certainly um it's stanley kubrick so it's obviously gonna be at least a little bit weird sure it's been a long time since i've seen it okay um, but I remember enjoying it and thinking it's a bit weird. But it's, I, I think it's I. One thing I know for sure is I think it'll be good for this show. Okay, it's one of those movies where me loving movies, I look at it and I almost look at that movie with shame because I haven't seen it because mm-hmm. I know that it's got a cult following. Like as a movie buff, yeah, kind of thing. yeah. Like I, I feel like I should have seen this already. So I guess yay, I get to watch <laughs> it. But but it's always. I've always heard that it's really out there, so I don't know what to expect other than it's out there. And I know that there was some controversy over the film when it was released, but I don't know what that controversy yeah. was. Well, we'll get into all that. It's yeah. certainly weird. Um, I think we'll have fun. But cool. Yeah. All right. Well, next week, we're going to cover A Clockwork Orange, uh, the Stanley Kubrick film. I think you guys should watch it. Um, where can we find it, Thor? Is it streaming anywhere? Uh, it is streaming on HBO Max currently. Okay, so if you find it on HBO Max, take a watch, take a gander, take a listen, and um, then come back next week and you know listen along as we discuss it. Um, I might like it, I might hate it. What do you guys think about Doki Doki Literature Club? Was it as awesome as we are making it out to be? Uh, are we rightfully swooning like teenage girls over this video game about Rick Renegade and the plot <laughs> therein. Is, this, is that game our Rick Renegade? Yeah. Or or um, is that something that, you know, are or we wrong? Or is that game a real Monica? <laughs> <laughs> look, look, I gotta be honest, Thor. I'm on your side. I'm all about Monica. I, God, I just wanted her so bad. Like, <laughs> as soon as they said, she's out of your league. 
It's like, I must have her. Yeah. I must. You must. Ugh. Um, Zach McCrary, thank Hi. you so much for joining us on this episode. You've got a podcast. What's that all about? Thank you for having me. My podcast is The Comics That We Love, where I have a guest on each week, and we talk about a comic book that they loved that made them a fan of comics. And sometimes I have folks on who aren't really comic book fans and I introduce something to them instead that I think that they would dig in the comic book realm. Mr. Thor Jolly has been on a number of times. He's in that camp specifically. Yeah. And he Zach so far has a perfect record. I for, do. I've for, knocked it out of the fucking yeah, park. He gets me good comics. Yeah. Uh, Cause I'm not a comic guy, but sure. he, he gets me there. He yeah. gets me, he finds like the right stuff. I think we've known each other and like played games together and stuff for so long that it's kind of like, I remember you telling me once you were, I think it was the first one you did with me. And you just, you said you looked at, you stopped reading. You looked at Kendra and you were like, Zach gets me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. That's funny. <laughs> but Micah has also been on the show a bunch of times. We just did a, a double hit. Yeah. A two episodes that both of these guys were on. That'll be out in the next couple months. So, yeah. yeah. It's good the times. comics that we yeah. love. You should Ooh, could I also throw out, out uh, a new podcast that I, that I have that's going to be starting soon. Oh, yeah. It's called Comics and Beer with my pal Corey McLean where literally it's exactly what it sounds like. We just drink a bunch of really decadent beers and talk about different comic book topics. Yep. Zach's running a podcast empire here, folks. <laughs> Alrighty, so go follow him, find him. What's your Instagram handles and uh, all that stuff? Instagram, at the comics that we love. I also have TFD Nerdcast, where we talk nerd news and rumors. I, yeah, I do a lot of podcasts. <laughs> all right. Well, Zach, thanks for being with us. Um, I think you're going to be with us on the next episode, too, so we'll talk to you then. All right. Uh, until next time, folks, as always, be erect. Stay erect. Good night, everyone.